The following was created specifically for the wellness revelation, The Journey, a movement of people towards the heart of God. To learn more about this movement, go to revelationwellness.org slash book. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton, and I'm actually going to be teaching just to this microphone today. Usually when you hear me, I'm doing a Facebook Live because I really do enjoy uh, the live interaction, right? Not pre-recorded or anything like that. Just, just go live. But today I'm recording this for you because at the time that this will come out to wrap up the journey, we are in week eight. I'm actually at instructor training retreat. We are currently... Uh, full-fledging over 160 new fitness teacher gospel preachers uh, getting them prepped and ready to be released out into the world as the the free people they are that are going to set free so I I needed to come back today and do a recording and actually sometimes I just like a recording because one it's just me and the Holy Spirit and the fullness of God just speaking straight to the heart of the listener So thank you for taking some time today. If you don't know what the journey is, um, we've just been going through the book, The Wellness Revelation. It is an eight-week journey uh, to losing what weighs you down so you can love God, yourself, and others. And so we took a mass movement of people. We said, hey, how many of you would like to just come in, get the book, and we'll pace it out together? Because as a seasoned fitness professional for over 25 years, Anyone can start. (laughs) Everyone likes to start, but it's harder to finish. But accountability in a group, if you get a friend or two together and gather in with another group, there's just, there's, there is strength in numbers for sure. Um, We definitely have power in agreement whenever two or more are gathered, but there is something about a collective coming together and linking arms. So that's about 2,000 of you came together eight weeks ago to do that. Now, I would be, it would be amazing to think all 2,000 are crossing, crossing the finish line with their arms punched up in the air. I know that some have stopped reading, some just, it's a season, they couldn't get through it, and that's okay. Uh, That's what mercy is about. Mercy says, uh, yeah, you don't deserve another chance, but you get another chance, and then grace gives us what we need. So if you fell off somewhere a long time ago, don't worry. These podcasts are still here for you. The workout calendar in the book is still there. All the chapters, all the goodness is still there, so God knew. And um, we're just excited that you would still be pushing play on these podcasts and listening. Let me first just cast down that spirit that you feel like you have to have it all together. When it comes to the body, there will always be this pressing message that I should be better. I should know better. And any any place you find a should in your life, you are being driven by a taskmaster. This is something that that God said, I'm going to free my people. I see their afflictions. Uh, Back in Exodus 3, you can read Exodus 3, 7 through 8, where God hears our afflictions. He hears the cries of his people in Egypt and the taskmasters that are ruling them. Uh, A taskmaster works really great with our flesh. So we are not about that. I think the first week we told all of you that you need to die to yourself. Like you just, you got to die to also the ideal, like what you think you should look like. Again, anywhere, there's that word again. 
You have to die to that because it's a pressure. It's a yoke that is ill-fitting and it, it gets us to try and, and believe that we can do better next time. God is best, best, better. It's what we want. So letting go of what we think it should be is really, really important. And that's what we did in week one. So as we get into week eight, you know, I know there's some people that are like, okay, you shouldn't feel like I've got this licked. If there's one thing we talk about in this week, it really is about staying humble and keeping yourself centered on what God has started. He is not in a sprint. It is going to be a steady pace. Uh, And when you think you should be walking in a straight line, there's that should again, you'll find that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you off the beaten path. So if you didn't get the book, uh, you can uh, go to the website, revelationwellness.org, click on our show links that we have here, and um, we'll get you We'll get you going, uh, or you can try our seven-day free detox as well. We just want to get you breathing the air of heaven. Everything we're doing here is this reorienting. It's a refresh, that R-E, renew, respawn, recreate. It's kind of just, take, let's, let's take this fitness thing and not throw it away. Let's take food. Let's take this whole physical existence we have, and let's not cast it aside Let's see if we can get it in alignment with what it is for, giving it a new a, a reframe, relens to look at, a new way to look at it so that it doesn't own us and it doesn't drive us into despair. So that is why I'm recording today is that I'm up in the instructor training retreat. So if you're interested in that and we're going to be enrolling in the next class here coming up and we're enrolling now, actually platoon 20 is filling up and our next class starts in February. So be sure to check that out. I would love to go deeper. If you, if you're still here in week eight, come on, (laughs) you're ready. You're ready to, to jump into the deep. So I'd love to see you in that. All right. Well, week eight really is about kind of sealing and wrapping this up so that you have something that you feel like you can continue to carry on. It doesn't end. We know that. That's why our scripture verse this week was from Philippians. The whole book of Philippians is just one of those great books to read in context that Paul is in prison and he's able to say, um, rejoice always. Like he's, he's finding that it's well with his soul, even when he is in prison hungry, cold, tired, emotional, like you're talking about emotional storm. That would be the perfect place for one to brew. But yet Paul just keeps showing us this life in the spirit and how it creates an ability for us to be content in all things. And isn't that really what we want? A contentment because you guys, everything physical in the world shifts and changes Everything you can't control, relationships, there's very little to anything that we have control over, which is why we see food addiction, body image disorders, because we think we could control that. If not our own body, then what could we control? And that is something that is truly a lie. And that's why we go, okay, God, I want to be content no matter what, no matter, I hand over my control to you. Now, teach me this this way of contentment like Paul has. But Paul's able to say it as he's suffering. So if there's one thing we've learned in these last past eight weeks, it's not to avoid your pain. Amen? Come on. 
You are now being indoctrinated indoctrinate into this concept of, you know what? I'm going to come alive. I'm going to come online. I'm going to feel my pain. It's okay. My pain is here to teach me something. That I can be, I can take this, this, this thing that really did happen, right? Because it's real. What happened to you is real. But is it true? The, the story around what happened to you, the story behind, connected to the pain, is that true? Have we ever taken it captive? Have we ever put it on trial? Have we ever run it by the word of God and what does God say? And, and you remember, not everything. I think sometimes we want everything to line up. Well, if I could just make sense out of this, God, then I will persevere. If I could just, you give me this, I'll give you that. Whenever we find ourselves doing that, we're in a stronghold. We've made the gospel about ourselves. And wherever I make the gospel about me, my life gets really heavy. <laughs> the flesh, it's K. Arthur who says, the flesh says, give me, give me, give me. And the spirit says, holy, 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 holy. I'm convinced that if somebody knows how whole, holy, loved they are by God, cared for, provided, that they would care well for themselves. They would, they would be really good at, you know what? I'm, I'm drinking too much. I'm eating too much. I'm medicating too much. I'm trying to run from something. I'm falling apart because that's the opposite of being whole. This whole journey has been about bringing you back online to, to notice when you're falling apart. To, to be okay with, oh, this is, look, look, almost have this ability to step outside yourself and observe yourself because self-awareness precedes transformation. You can't change what you're not aware of. So we can just become aware. It's in that awareness place that now, now we have the ability, right, as we learn to start to reason and think, not just become subject to our emotions, our pain, uh, whatever, you know, accusation of shame that the mirror might try to tell you to carry. We're constantly, you guys, as we learned last week in week seven, uh, we're constantly renewing. This is not a one and done. Every day, everything that is created is in a process of change. And much of creation renews itself, just like trees die and renew. Everything that's connected to the, the photosynthesis, the sun, the air, uh, the wind, all these elements, it, 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 even our own bodies can recreate itself, renews itself. It never stays the same. And we have this ability as these persevering people, not preserving. I talk about a little bit of my own, my own kind of, you know, heart conviction in the book is that I, I want to persevere. I don't want to try and preserve myself. And I, and we live in a world that tells you preserve it. Keep your youth. Do whatever you have to do. And the wellness industry is coming up with different products all the time to help you hold on to what you're losing. And I'm not saying any of it's bad or, you know, against the love of Christ. But does it set you free? Are you free to be completely yourself, content, whether abounding or abasing, whether getting older, another, another uh, you know, day that you feel more sore, a little more tired? Can you still be content and have joy? This is a, the art of growing in humility. That's what Paul really was 
was learning as he continued to grow in Christ and things got a little harder and harder. He's thinking, wait a minute, I know I'm just as guilty to become one to say, God, why isn't this getting easier? Look how long I've served you. <laughs> Look at how long. Why? Why? But then I've, I realize it's there that I've lost focus. I'm looking again at what I don't have instead of what I do. That's gratitude 101. And every neuroscientist will tell you thankfulness is a drug for the heart and the mind. And a, an, a, 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 a stimulant, not a downer, but an upper. It'll, it'll bring you up of, oh yeah, oh, whew, I lost myself there for a minute. Self-awareness. Okay, I'm sober again to myself. This week in the book, we talked about the God-centered plan, kind of gave you some, some steps to move forward, an attitude as you go forward, some practical things you can be doing. And it's good to have a plan because at the end of this eight weeks, you know, you're still going to, I hope, get up, move your body. Uh, you're still going to be looking at yourself in a mirror. You might be tempted to step on a scale. You're living in a very physical driven world where looks matter. You're, it's, you you got to continue to have a plan. Uh, keep feeding what God started here, this seed, right? This seed that we've done in the last eight weeks of moving closer to his heart. Keep feeding it. Keep watering it. Give it living water, the word. Give it the bread of life, Jesus. Feed it. Anything that would still kill or destroy that pure, noble, praiseworthy thinking place will destroy it because it's, it's actually stealing your freedom. So in a God-centered plan, you can make a plan. I loved, you know, every Monday I, I found uh, the busier my life gets, I just have to make a list of, okay, what needs to get done this week? What, what would help me? Just let me get it out of my head. And so just putting it out on paper helps. So it's not all jumbled up in my mind. That is, by the way, been proven clinically to help bring, well, you know, order from chaos. So if you're someone who's like, I used to not like a list because I'm a very creative, so I like kind of spontaneity, but I found uh, I needed to become more focused, a little more attentive to what I was giving my energy to because I'm going to give my energy to something. So then once I listed everything out, I can kind of come up with a, okay, what's the most important thing out of all this list? Because I, I probably won't get all of it done. And if I try to get it all done, I'm just going to be striving. So I dump it out. And then what's the most important thing? Then in all of that, it's a God-centered, you know, God, this is what I'm hoping to get done. But a God-centered plan, you guys, God gets the final say. So that's when I list out everything or how, what I need to do to keep moving forward for that week. Um, it's the, the final say of what's the only thing I can do? What's the most important thing? That's I'm asking God, please tell me, because I don't have a good compass of me. <laughs> I think that I'm the only one who can do like 80% of, ev of everything. And that's not true. It's usually like 20% really comes down to me. So I can ask, okay, what are the things, God, in the spirit of truth, in the presence of truth, tell me what only I can do. But even then, so I, I, I get a good sense of what those things are. Then from there, I still have to allow myself to be interrupted, that I can be interrupted by God, that he can go ahead and come in and say, you know what, Sophia needs you at school today. Um, hey, uh, Simon left his laptop at home. You're going to need to go do that. That's not always easy, but I'm telling you, it's best. It's best to be able to be interrupted. 
Now let's take that into the idea of like, you know, food and shopping and making sure that you have good um, nourishment around you. If something interrupts that, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We go, ah, you know, like I can't eat, I can't uh, go where I was going to go or eat what I wanted to eat. Just continue to make reasonable choices. I love it's in um, Philippians 4. Again, we're just in Philippians this week. That Paul says in Philippians 4 verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. If we, One thing we've learned about the prefrontal medial cortex, week 5 in the mind. We even learned it back in week 2 with just being still. Um, that, that prefrontal medial cortex is up hides where you reason. It's where the emotion the emotion of panic, stress, uh, you know, bad news, whatever type of, of, of information we gather that makes us want to fight or flight, it remember it without being without you being aware of it, it will just run itself down into the limbic part of the brain where we self-protect, self-promote, self-ish. We're just self-focused and we are bitter and we get upset. How dare them interrupt my plan? Whatever it is. And we stay down in that reptile part of our brain instead of, okay, let me take this and be reasonable with this information. Take it up to the high tower of the prefrontal medial cortex and my reasonableness becomes apparent to everyone. That's where reason happens, up in that prefrontal medial cortex. So continue to practice the things of stillness, meditation, silence, um, workouts that actually uh, feel good. You're not punishing yourself. So you're releasing dopamine. Uh, you're actually having um, you know, more, you're aware of, you don't have to beat yourself up to get some type of payoff. So God gets to interrupt. When it's a God-centered plan, he gets to interrupt. Remember, the flesh is going to say, me, me, me. And the spirit says, holy, holy, holy. Everyone choose healthy, whole and holy, not ripped, skinny, and lean. Continue to put on the altar whenever you feel like you're trying. You should have the ideal body. You should be this by now. You should, shouldn't, whatever those heavy absolutes are. Continue to place those on the altar and light the fire and let them burn. This is about continuing in perseverance and godliness, that you have a body. Thank God you have it. What can you do today to be kind to it, to be patient, to get it in alignment with the purpose for your life, the purpose of goodness and kindness and gentleness and all the fruit of the Spirit. In Philippians 4, 8 through 9, and I kind of, I'm going to close with this for you all. Paul says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. If we haven't driven home enough that your body is a reflection of your mind, as a man thinks, so he is. If you think you are disgusting, weak, ugly, whatever, you will actually become that. What you look for, you will find. What is your mind being fed with? 
What are you feeding your heart? What are you feeding your mind? What Because it's there that you're feeding the soul. Then the body has to respond to the fuel that it's getting. The body is not the problem. The body is just the effect of the cause that you live for. Living for Christ. <laughs> dying to self. Knowing that when I have a problem with anyone, I actually have a problem in me. God See me, hear me, tell me, show me, teach me, humbling myself before God. And whatever he teaches me, it is always in line with these things of what's true, what's noble, what's praiseworthy. When he's teaching, he's speaking the language of heaven. And that's what I'm hoping by now in week eight, you guys are all are getting really affluent. You speak fluent Holy Spirit. <laughs> He's kind. He's encouraging you. He's always, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to keep wooing you towards God, to keep blowing the wind on your back, to get you closer to the heart of God. And you're going to need to bring your body too. Because bringing yourself closer to God means you actually will grow closer in relationship to people and the world that he so dearly loves. And you'll be guarded. Your heart will be guarded so that you can love people well without expecting to be loved in return. I know that's a hard one, but that's the one where we get hung, our hearts get all wonky and we get hurt and we turn to other things to fill us because someone didn't. So this call to follow Christ into godliness and wholeness and holiness, everyone it is growing in contentment that if you have nothing but Jesus, you have everything you need. And it's when you've lost it all that you actually begin to gain it all. Oh, I wish I had an easier message for you. But this is where we've been going the whole eight weeks. Is we want you to mature and grow. You're not alone. And yet, you're alone. I, I hate to say that, but it's this paradox of you belong to everyone and you belong to no one <laughs> because you solely will never be forsaken by God. God says, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. I got you covered. Now remember, think about these things. I'm with you. Long to the days ahead, I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Perfect love casts out that fear. This is all about you growing closer to the heart of God and that you would grow to be more of who he's created you to be. Think about these things. The word that's used there, think, is logos, logosomai, logosomai, and it actually comes from the word logos, meaning the word, the word that is spoken. So there's, we talked about it a few weeks back too, about there's the word that God, the, the logos is what has been spoken. Logos. And when Jesus talks about the word, he uses logos. It's, and he also, in the New Testament, we talk about logo, or, um, the word as in rhema, the word that is being spoken. So what God has spoken is all, has already been said. It's, it's why his word is true and profitable. It's, it's, uh, it's there. It's, it's not going anywhere. What has been said has been said. It's been spoken. In the beginning, God said. Boom. It's been spoken. So all the scientists try to prove it another way. No, God, there was a moment that God created. God spoke. And that does not change. Logos. But Rhema is God. Is His word is still speaking right now too. So 
the written word, the recorded word, the logos, but the rhema word, the word that he's speaking right now, and the two will not conflict with one another. They will back each other up. But if it's taken from logos, it's, it's really what Paul's saying is, think about the things that he has said. Think about these things and let it grow you up towards what he's saying right now because he is living. His word is active and alive. You see, it kind of hems you in in the past of what's been spoken and what he's pulling you towards as he's speaking. They will connect with one another like two magnets that come together. They will squeeze you into this narrow way of what has been spoken will line up with what God is speaking and it will be true and it will be noble and it will be praiseworthy. You think about these things. Friends, you will have to rumble for these things. The, the word also means, um, not just as it mean uh, taken from the word logos, but it means to reckon. Like, you know, the day of reckoning. You're Again, this is not, okay, you're all done. You're graduated. Here you go. You're never going to have any problems again. No, there will continue to be challenges. But I cannot wait to hear you say, you know what? I'm learning to count it all joy. I'm not the same woman. I'm not the same man. God has proven his love to me and it's reasonable. It's not just fictitious. It's not just not there on a bad day to make me feel better. It's there all the time. But I have to reckon with it daily because it's easy for me to just slip back into old thinking. If I'm not renewing myself, thinking about these things, thinking about facts, the facts of what God has said, not just suppositions of the world. Keep leaning in and keep growing. Keep going. Press on. All right, well, you have so much artillery now in your warrior belt. Learning about worship. Learning about uh, the affections and where we place our utmost, (laughs) and then figuring out strength and sufficiency, contentment, our emotions, our thoughts, how God transforms us, and then how he continues to transform. The process of sanctification, it never ends. Thanks for being willing to go eight weeks into the deep like this. You're not done. You keep going. And by the way, keep this book. Take a breath. And when you're ready, go again. I promise you, we've had so many people say every time it shows me something different because it's completely based on the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you. So you will be taught something new as you continue to go for healthy, whole, and holy, not ripped, skinny, and lean. You're way too worthy for more. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you, God. Thank you for how you love. Thank you for this journey. Thank you, God, that you've met us on the way, that you pulled us through and that you're with us now and that you still have so much to show us, Lord. Thank you that we get to rest in you. Gone are the dog days of being slaves, Lord, that we have laid down that lifestyle to pick up freedom as sons and daughters that we are in you, Lord. Thank you that you're just growing us and teaching us as a good, good father would, that you don't withhold truth and you never withhold love. Thank you that you are love and it's your truth that sets us free, God. 
I ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to increase inside of each person that is listening to this podcast right now and has gone into the journey, Lord, that you continue to increase, fill them with the fullness of God, fill them with the fullness of yourself, Lord, that they'd be so full and satisfied that the uh, cravings of this world and the, the offerings of this world, Lord, although we, um, we are not of it, we are in it, Lord. So help us to be good participants, to be kind, to be courteous, Lord. And, and just as Daniel could bow out from the king's food and yet be so honored by a culture that was worshiping other things, Lord. We, we need you to do that supernatural work in us. This is why we're here, Lord. We are not looking to earn brownie points in the heaven. This has never been about us, God, and we see that now. Thank you for reminding us. Keep us sober for when we do make it about us, Lord. And I ask, God, that you would just change your people, ready a people for you, a people of your own possession, a people that change the world because they have been met by the love of God the freedom that his truth provides. God, give us the strength for the days that we certainly will feel alone and it will appear as if we are alone, God, but with you we are never alone. Nourish us with living water. Feed us the bread of life. The first thing first being found in you, God, and we give you the final say on every decision. Help us remember we're not alone. We love you. We give you our bodies. We trust you for healing in bones and muscles and cells and neurons and hormones, God. Reset all of it as we participate with you, partnering with you in a holy and whole life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.